Hello and welcome to the 35th episode of the iPhone Life podcast. I'm Donna Cleveland, Editor-in-Chief of iPhone Life magazine. I'm Sarah Kingsbury, Senior Web Editor of iPhoneLife.com. And I'm Connor Carey, Feature Web Writer on iPhoneLife.com. So each week we talk to you about the best apps, great gear, and current events in the iOS world. And this week we're going to be discussing with you productivity on your iPhone. So productivity is something that we're all trying to achieve and something that we all struggle with. So we want to devote our main theme this week to that. We're also going to be talking to you about iPhone 7 rumors. We have some updates for you there. So uh, before we jump into it, I want to tell you about our tip of the day. Um, our tip of the day newsletter is a great way to learn new things and learn how to use to do new things on your iPhone. If you sign up for our tip of the day newsletter, we'll send you one tip each day at iphonelife.com slash daily tips. That's how you sign up. Uh, Connor, why don't you tell us about your favorite tip this week? This tip seems really simple, but it's one of those little things that unless you know about it, you just never would. Um, so when you're typing on your iPhone, you typically, in order to put a period, which you have to do at the end of every sentence. Well, a lot of people don't. <laughs> shame, Sometimes I don't. Shame. <laughs> you should. You should put periods at the end of your sentence. Use correct grammar in your text messages, people. <laughs> um, well, especially if since this is the productivity theme, if you're doing work text messages mm-hmm. or emails, you really need to use correct punctuation. Just casually among your friends, not such a big deal, but... For work purposes, it just makes you seem more professional. For sure. Very good point. Um, So typically, you would have to press the world button in order to get to the period. The world button? Isn't it the world or is it the ABC? Oh. Okay. On the keyboard on your (laughs) iPhone, we're going to double check this right here. I'm pretty sure it's ABC. At the bottom left, there's uh, you either tap ABC or there's like a globe icon. You you tap the one, two, three button and then that brings up the numbers and the common punctuation marks. Thank goodness for Sarah. And ABC brings you back to the regular alphabet. Right. Correct. Or, (laughs) Or you can just double tap your space bar and it'll insert a period and a space. So when you double tap the space bar, you're instantly ready to keep typing. You don't need to add another space. You just double tap, period, space, keep typing. Yeah, so you don't even have to worry about any globes or one, two, three buttons or anything like that. Exactly. <laughs> right, and a quick, actually, this is not part of the tip, but a quick way to access other, uh, to insert other punctuation quickly is instead of just tapping on the one, two, three button, Hold it down and slide your finger without lifting it from the keyboard and until your finger hits the punctuation you want and then lift your finger and it will be, that punctuation mark will be inserted and you'll be automatically returned to the ABC keyboard. Very cool. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's one of the, I think I remember hearing that, but I never used that, but it does seem like a good little I use it, unless I'm going to do a lot of numbers at a time, that's a really quick way to just insert one number or one punctuation mark that's not a period really quickly and then without having to manually switch the keyboards. Awesome. So that's a little taste of our tip of the day newsletter. Um, with iOS 10 coming out soon, we'll be signing up for this newsletter is a great way to learn all of the new cool things you can do with iOS 10. Be the first among the first of your friends to be taking advantage of that. Um, Right now you can sign up for the beta. It's not available until September to officially upgrade. But um, so keep an eye out for that. And we also want to talk to you about our insider subscription, which is our premium educational service um, that we offer. If you go to iphonelife.com slash insider, you can sign up for that. 
And if you sign up for Insider, you get in-depth video tutorials on a range of iOS topics so that you can become more of an expert. Um, you get a one-minute video tip each day, which is the, basically the video version of our daily tip. So you get, you can see a visual walkthrough of how to do things and it just makes it a lot more clear. Uh, you'll also get a digital subscription to iPhone Life magazine as well as full access to all of our archives. And you get Ask an Editor, uh, which we also refer to as Hey Sarah, because she's the editor who's answering your questions. So a lot of times something more tricky comes up that's specific to you, and you might not be able to find the answer online. Or, and uh, if you send in your questions to Sarah, she'll answer them for you. So she's going to give us a little sample of that. Sarah, what, uh, what are insiders wondering about this week? Uh, well, this week we received a question about what to do with your phone before you take it in or send it in for service. Um, and this is what the insider says. How should I prepare my iPhone for assistance? It feels very awkward to give this precious object to an unknown person. I have read the indications reported in the Apple website, but honestly I need to be reassured. One of my main concerns is that the assistance person who knows more than I do on the iPhone can get to my personal information even if I have canceled everything. Now what um, this insider is, is talking about is uh, before you take your iPhone in to get serviced, and really it's a good idea for most repairs to just send it to Apple. You know, like mm -hmm. Apple is the expert on your device and and they're also the most trustworthy in terms of who you have repair or help you with things. Um, but what, what this insider is talking about is Apple says, first of all, that you need to back your iPhone up. And mm -hmm. then if you're sending it in, you need to erase it. But if you're bringing it in for a service, then um, you need to be prepared to erase it, which means you have to like know your Apple ID password and things. Mm -hmm. And and so this, this insider is concerned because she's afraid that in spite of erasing everything, someone might still be able, the information might be hidden somewhere on your device. Um, but I, I do think if you're just bringing it in to have someone help you with something and you don't know if you're going to have to erase it, you know, you need to stay with your phone the whole time mm -hmm. and, and maybe like sign out of some things and change some passwords before you like share your password with that person. But, and that's another good reason to take it to an Apple store. Right. But if you have erased your iPhone, basically you're resetting it to to new, like you would if you were going to sell it or trade it in, your information's really not there. That's why you've backed your iPhone up. And so no one can access that. And then, and that's the safest thing. You could go through and sign out of everything and do all these things, but that's just the safest thing is, and that's why Apple has you do it, is to erase your iPhone and then it just resets it as a new phone. And then you set it up again as a new phone using mm -hmm. that backup you created. And honestly, you should be backing your phone up every single day anyway. So if something, if your phone gets lost or destroyed, you still have all the information. So yeah, I totally get that concern because our iPhones have our entire lives on it. You know, right. you bank on it, you have Apple Pay on it, you have like private photos and emails. And, and so I think this is a really good question. And I think that this insider and anyone else who is worried about that can be assured that if you've erased your iPhone and set it to new, that your information is no longer there. 
And one thing that I've been kind of surprised by is how easy it is to, to set up your phone again, restore it from a backup. Right. Um, it seems like really dramatic to have to completely erase your, your device. But if you are backing up regularly, uh, it just takes like five minutes to do, go through the setup process, maybe a little longer for it to um, load all of your information onto the phone. Um, that might take an extra like 10 or 15 minutes in my experience, but really it's it's so easy. Right, and it actually, Apple has it so you can set up to back up to iCloud automatically, so you don't uh-huh. even have to think about it, and that's really the smartest thing to do. Um, and I can post links in the podcast uh, post about, you know, how to do all those different things. And if you're really worried, you know, you can create encrypted backups if you want to make sure that your information is protected when it's not on your phone as well. So there's a lot of options to keep your information safe. So you can get your phone repaired without worry. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thanks, Sarah. Um, So if you want to become an insider, go to iphonelife.com slash insider. And so now let's move on to our news this week. Uh, Connor, can you give us a rundown of what's going on with iPhone 7 rumors? What's What's the latest? Yeah, here lately we're starting to hear this growing rumor about an iPhone 7 Pro model, hmm. which would be in addition to the iPhone 7 and iPhone 7 Plus. So what's different about the iPhone 7 Pro then, according to the rumors? So far, the rumors are saying that it would basically be even like beefier internals, so even more mm. RAM. Um and like the best camera you could possibly get on a smartphone for taking pictures. But those are like the two main things I've heard about. And I've heard that there might be more storage as well, like a 256 gigabyte option. Yes, and once again, we're hearing that (laughs) 32 gigabytes will be the new minimum, and I will see it, I will believe it when I see it. (laughs) Yeah, that means more to me than a 256 gigabyte option because I would probably, I would never spring for that. Well, I have 64 gigabytes on my phone and I never use it. Really? Yeah, but I just think having the baseline be higher than 16 gigabytes is so important. Yeah, 16 gigabytes is barely functional. It is, it's true. I need the 128. But like so far, Apple really makes you pay for that extra storage. So like this, this Pro model would be quite a bit more, right? Yeah, and that's another thing that they're talking about is the Pro model could be $100 more than the Plus already is. So we're so talking So you're basically talking like a basic MacBook? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, like a, a small MacBook or the Pro iPhone, your, your pick. <laughs> And so for those who haven't been listening along just to the overall, to the iPhone 7 rumors we've heard so far, uh, let's go over some, like, so far what we've heard about the iPhone 7. I mean, basically the no headphone jack. The no headphone jack. That's a pretty consistent rumor. Yeah. uh, There hasn't been a lot of definitive rumors for the iPhone 7. They speak of the dual lens camera for the Plus model. Oh, yeah. And Um, then... um, have we heard anything about waterproofing? I really wanted a waterproof iPhone. I haven't. It seemed, I haven't heard anything, but yeah, if Samsung either. did it, you guys. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the no headphone jack, I think, is going to help with water resistance. because It's one less open port for water to get into, and it can allow the phone to be thinner. But yeah. what I've heard is it's like basically going to look the same, but it'll be different enough that you're going to need new cases and stuff. So that's... Interesting. <laughs> mm-hmm. Would be yeah, a little unfortunate. I don't know. But Connor, you wrote an interesting op-ed 
uh, recently about, you know, there's a lot of rumors about how the iPhone 7 is going to be underwhelming and boring. Not much of a change. Yeah. So uh, is that something that we should be feeling sad and sorry for ourselves about or tell Um, us? No. (laughs) (laughs) It is of my belief that if you have an iPhone at all, you are an incredibly fortunate person in the world. You know, just the fact that you could afford an iPhone in the first place is absolutely amazing. So I think when we start talking about the iPhone 7 will be boring, we need to just check our privilege a little bit because not everyone in the world has access to the internet, much less an iPhone. So mm-hmm. I think once the whole world has access to these things, then we can start getting nitpicky about how boring it might be to us in the first world. But mm-hmm. for now, I think we just need to be appreciative of the fact that we have these amazing devices in our hand in the I first mean, place. I appreciate it, but I'm also like a little bummed that the iPhone 7 is not looking like it's going to be that exciting. Well, it's just an interesting, to me, like a change in perspective because when you're you're uh, really tuned into the industry and you're upgrading right. every year, you don't see big changes. But um, earlier this year, I, I traveled to India and I had my iPhone with me, mm-hmm. my iPhone 6S. And like I kept on as I was meeting people, a lot of a lot of people in India would come up to me and be like, I've never seen that. I've never seen right. like the latest iPhone before or an iPhone at all. Right. And That's it a was point. a little bit like, oh, and right. here we yeah. are like, oh my gosh, will there be 256 gigabytes or not? Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. So it is, it's like, I think it, I, I don't think it's fair to say, well, you can't want a better iPhone. I think, but I do mm. think as you're going, well, I'd like this and I'd like this. You also just keep in your mind that attitude of like appreciation that you have it at all. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I do think as a counterpoint to that, though, like since we have a lot of options, some people are comparing it to maybe getting a Samsung Galaxy mm-hmm. phone or something like that. And when you do have have these choices, it does also make sense to compare and see if Apple is keeping totally, up totally. with the competition. Which yeah, well, with the, the there's that rumor that you know, Apple is going to move to a, an update schedule where we really don't see big changes in the iPhone every two years anymore. It's going to mm-hmm. be like every three years. Right. Um, you know, you have to wonder, well, if people don't feel that pressure to upgrade, then what? You know? Very true. Yeah. Like, what will people who well, have the iPhone 6S want to get the iPhone Apple's 7? business is iPhones, and mm-hmm. it, that doesn't seem designed to continue to get us to upgrade. I mean, mm-hmm. I will probably upgrade just because I have to. Right. But, you know. You mean for the job. Right. Yeah, yeah. For the job. But, you know, I didn't feel like really a huge compulsion to upgrade last time. Yeah. You know, and this sounds even less exciting of an, up, of an update. And most people don't have the same reasons to update that I do. Yeah, one of our writers, uh, Todd Bernard, he has the iPhone SE and is pretty into the smaller size. Right. And it was interesting to hear his take. He was saying how he's really curious about the iPhone 7 because really if it was waterproof and it had better storage options, that would yeah. tempt him away from the iPhone SE and make him want to like splurge on a more expensive mm-hmm. phone. But he actually prefers the smaller size. And so like unless it's like – Unless it's a really big changes that would right. impact his day-to-day use, he's not going to do it. And next Wednesday is the iPhone release anniversary. And something that of I... the original iPhone? Of the original oh, iPhone. Oh, tomorrow. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. It's tomorrow. <laughs> it is tomorrow. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> and something that I didn't realize until I wrote an article about the evolution of the iPhone mm-hmm. is that historically through the iPhone releases, Apple has made the biggest changes from the iPhone, say, 4 to the iPhone 4S. Like, right. from that original to the S has been their largest changes, which is well, Do you we're mean still in terms seeing. of function or in terms of, because they usually, like... In terms of, like, features. Yeah, like, they yeah. added, when they added 3G or GPS, like, these were mm, things that were, touch. like, huge reasons to upgrade. Right. But, but now we're not seeing that so much. Like, 3D touch, actually, a lot of people... Don't think it was that big of a deal. Don't feel compelled to, to pay extra to get that. I understand I that. do, yeah, I pretty much use... 3D Touch only to do just a couple things. Like I, I mostly use it for like settings. I know? like it though enough that like I, um, I have an iPad Air now, and mm. when I, I keep on trying to 3D Touch it, and we can't. IPad yeah. Too. So it made me realize, even though I don't think I like it that much, I, I keep missing it. Hmm. Especially when I want to preview links, like that's my favorite. It's just being able to like see yeah. something before I actually go into it. And for me, the keyboard trick, being able to 3D touch your keyboard and then move your mm. cursor really easily and highlight text, I like that. It's true. Right, yeah, the, the way you have to do that without 3D touch is really awkward and challenging if you have fingers smaller and larger than a toddler's. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, like to be really precise about placing the cursor, whereas you're right, that particular thing, being able to 3D touch the keyboard and then like move, or the text, and move your cursor around really easily is, is, and precisely is awesome. Mm-hmm. So Connor, are you saying with the, um, so it's been nine years now since the original iPhone, since yeah. Steve Jobs released the original iPhone. And are you saying basically the innovation is slowing down? It, like you like when looking at the evolution, more was happening in the first few years of upgrades? I think or? that's inevitable because it was new technology. Right. But yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I think that's kind of inevitable. Mm-hmm. But I, but my point being that we're going from a 6S to a 7 next. Uh-huh. And everyone's kind of like, oh, well, it's not that big of a difference. But what I'm saying is that probably not. <laughs> <laughs> but from the 7 to the 7S, we may see some of those larger differences that we're interested in. Mm-hmm. So my, my suggestion would be if you can wait until the 7S comes out, just wait. Yeah. And chill, people. <laughs> Shake a chill pill. <laughs> but although one thing I've heard, too, is that next year we might see the iPhone 8. Like, they might not have a 7S. But I guess, oh, it, you know, who knows I, about the I've naming been, convention, but right. next year is supposed to be a bigger upgrade anyway. Right. I've been wondering if, uh, you know, I mean, with the introduction of the iPhone SE, if we're really going to start just seeing them drop the name, the numbers. Yeah. That would be interesting to see. I mean, they have been kind of revamping. Like, they just changed all of their OS names. And mm-hmm. it's like, just to be more uniform. Yeah, and Mac OS Sierra now instead of OS X. Or, I yeah. like that change. OS ten. Right. right. Yeah. yeah, see, that's, that's why they're changing it. it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so we'll keep you posted as more iPhone 7 rumors uh, come out. Uh, but now we're going to move into complaining. No, our Apple complaints <laughs> and learning. We, we, we like to talk about um, different issues we've been having with iOS or new things we've learned this week. Uh, so what do you guys have to share? Well, my Apple, my new Apple Watch died. What? Oh, my gosh. Right. The saga continues. <laughs> right. So um, I can't remember how long ago it was, maybe in like early May yeah. or late April. My Apple Watch just stopped working, and um, so I, you know, 
I erased it from you know, backed it up from my phone and erased it and sent it in. Um, I mean, I didn't erase the actual Apple Watch. You, it, it's all stored on your iPhone, so I mm-hmm. unpaired it and all that stuff. And I sent it in, and um, really within an hour of Apple receiving it, according to the tracking, they just were like, yeah, we mailed you a new one. <laughs> wow. Which was so great. There was yeah, something, was I think it was something probably like a battery issue, or, you know, there were initially when the Apple Watch first came out, like battery, people having problems with battery issues or the processors. So... They sent it back, and I was like, yay, now I have an Apple Watch that will work. Well, um, it's only been a couple months, and um, it's interesting. I was having a very emotional moment. Um, I had to give a speech, which I really hate. I do not like public speaking. And uh, so I was in the middle of of making a very, like, and it was on a very emotional topic, and so I was in the middle of, like, Mm -hmm. giving a speech to a lot of people on a very emotional topic. And... When I finished, I realized my Apple Watch had died. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't take the drama. <laughs> Apparently not. Like I, I, I must have like burned out the heart rate monitor. I don't know. <laughs> so I don't actually know what the problem is. I'm actually tempted to not even bother sending it in and just stop wearing an Apple Watch. Like, what? Well, I want you to send it in just because I need this saga to continue. <laughs> yeah, but also but, I, you know, can't send you my heartbeat anymore. Which, <laughs> you know, at least when we first got our our Apple watches, we, you know, yeah, we decided kind of we were like sixth grade. We're dating in sixth grade. Yeah, basically. pretty much. <laughs> um, well, I probably will send it in. Uh, I don't know how Apple will take it having to replace an Apple Watch again. They may want me to pay for it, and I don't really feel inclined. But, you know, the first mm-hmm. time I lost my Apple Watch, when it's done, I lost it. Like, it di- it did die, but not in that <laughs> um, But that when I actually really missed it. Like, I was so annoyed. Like, oh, my God, I have to pull my phone out to look at the weather, and I can't track every step I take. And, oh, like, I'm, I'm missing phone calls and text messages, and I was so glad to get it back. But then when I got like my new Apple Watch and I was wearing it, it was actually really annoying, like constantly. Like I became really aware of how, although I feel like my Apple Watch sort of like allows me to keep, put my phone down, uh-huh. it keeps me like tethered to it. It does. And, yeah. and I was finding that annoying. And so, and this time since my Apple Watch died, I've really, I've been missing, I don't care that I'm missing text messages and phone calls and I don't care what the weather is. Mm-hmm. I just like stick my head outside and I'm like, okay. Yeah. So, were you still wearing your Apple Watch in the shower? Do you think it's like an issue I with mean, the water? No. Oh. Um, I think that has to do with maybe. I think you know. I noticed when I took it off my charger that it was hot. Um, so I'm wondering. Mine's always a little warm. I'm just wondering hot. if you know maybe I have a faulty charger and I should just. I mean that's the one that yeah. came with the mm-hmm. original Apple Watch, but I'm wondering if maybe that needs to be replaced. I don't know. I mean, it would be interesting to actually talk to someone at Apple instead of just sending it in because they don't really give you any any information about why they're replacing it. And, and I would kind of like to know someone's theory on that. Although I don't know. I feel like maybe people just make stuff up at the Apple store. I don't know. Like, <laughs> well, we'll keep you posted on that. Right. Definitely. The ongoing saga of Sarah's Apple Watch. Uh, yeah. Yeah. What's, uh, what's your update this week, Connor? Well, I've been doing a lot of cooking here lately, which is uncharacteristic of me. I've been watching your pictures <laughs> on Instagram. Shrimp tacos? Nice. Yes, so good. <laughs> um, so what I've realized, and I've been following a lot of recipes, and what I realized is when I go to follow a recipe, I want to turn my auto lock off just while I'm cooking uh-huh. so it doesn't go black and I don't get gunk and 
cooking right, stuff that's the all most over annoying my thing. Yeah. Right. And so what I would like is I, it's a complaint slash a wish is from control center to just be able to swipe up and have like a temporary turn auto lock off. That would be awesome. I really wish we could customize the control center. I know that it's going to be a lot more sophisticated in iOS 10 with like multiple Mm -hmm. pages that you can, with a lot more options. But I would really like, I feel like everyone has different features that they want to access quickly all the time. Like I, I really like to the triple click shortcut where you can yes. invert the colors. I like that too. Oh. You know, because like even with it. night shift mode, it like stabs your eyeballs. Like if you're, <laughs> like you know, like if I'm walking my dogs late at night and mm-hmm. I, you know, like it's true. I don't really feel like being blind in the dark, like totally. many blocks from my house. I want to be able to like. I need to check something on my phone or even just usually I'm just turning the flashlight on so I can clean up after my dogs. I want to be able to do that without like getting stabbed in my eyes by the screen. Oh, I should try that because it's kind of a source of irritation between my husband and I because if if someone turns on their phone in the night to check something and like it basically Mm -hmm. lights up the room you know, like early in the morning or at night when you're going to bed, like either one of us will be like... So, I mean, like the triple click shortcut is really quick. But I, I just want to be able to do it from my control center. I don't want to yeah. have to go into my settings. Right. And I can't mm. remember why I don't have it turned on right now. I'm constantly changing my settings So as I research like iPhone tips. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, to, you have to go into your accessibility settings and, mm-hmm. and enable triple-click shortcuts and then choose what features. And it, it can get complicated if you're using more than one. And I would, And I imagine, you know, if you actually have accessibility issues, that being right. able to access those more easily yeah that would be really good one thing i that makes it a little bit easier is the search settings um some people don't know you can search your settings if you just open the settings app and and swipe down a search bar will appear and so it's really awesome yeah if you start typing in triple click but you also have to know what you're looking for you know like you can't just type a related word and it'll show up well i mean you sort of can like really don't you think if you typed invert colors or Or triple click. I imagine we. Could I can't try remember it. specifically, but I remember noticing that like you had to be Very you had to be specific, specific about what I've you typed that in. Too. Um, but uh, so my complaint this week, while Sarah is looking this up, um, or no, no, mine was a discovery actually. So oh. I, I recently got an iPad Air too, and um, I was confused because every time I I started using the keyboard, and I'm kind of a newbie when it comes to this, um, it was in the middle of my iPad screen, which was annoying me. That's weird. But there's a keyboard icon, um, I think it's in the bottom right corner of the keyboard. Yeah. And so if you tap it, you have the option to undock it, basically, from the bottom of the screen um, and to split it. And mm-hmm. so mine was undocked. And so that's why I was floating in the middle of the screen. So I could dock it again. Or if you just uh, tap that button and then swipe, you can move the keyboard around anywhere you want on the screen, which was nice. That's cool. Splitting, I, I tried that out to see if I liked ha- splitting the keyboard and then you have like, you know, distinct like left hand, right hand yeah. keyboard access, but I didn't like that. Do I you do you ever it. use that, Connor? Mm-mm. I've tried to use it and it's it's almost like my hands aren't big enough. I have pretty small hands. And <laughs> she so, does. <laughs> so when I put them around, 
around the iPad, it's like I can reach about halfway across the split keyboard, mm-hmm. and then it's just I might as well sit it down and type like regular, <laughs> you know? Ran, yeah. our associate editor, and Connor, the very petite hands. <laughs> <laughs> it's a job requirement. I, I barely yeah. made the cut. Uh, <laughs> so I looked up the settings, and I tried, I typed in triple, as in triple shortcut, nothing came up. Mm-hmm. Um, well, actually, some some uh, apps that start with trip came up. Um, I typed in invert, and then invert colors came up. Um, and I typed in shortcut, and, and accessibility shortcut came up. So you do have to, like, you're right, mm. it is fairly specific, you know. Because I feel like if you know, oh, I want this thing that inverts the colors on my iPhone, but mm-hmm. you wouldn't necessarily know to call it invert colors, right? Yes. That's so That's what you have us for. So Apple, come on. <laughs> uh, improve your search. You can do it. Yeah. And I have one interesting tidbit from a friend of mine actually this week who um, she wasn't getting cellular service and discovered it was because of her really sparkly case on her phone. Right. She like called up Verizon. Verizon was her carrier. And they were trying to figure out why she wasn't getting service. I assume she called from a different phone if her service wasn't working. Um, and they finally narrowed it down. They asked what case she had on it. And it was it was the case she ordered on Amazon. Well, we can link to it in the blog post so you know not to buy this case. Um, and they said that that can cause interference. You know, I've been it's using so a case yeah. that I really is so beautiful, but I had to stop using it because nobody could hear me. And I found really? myself like in public places, like yelling into my phone (laughs) and be like, fine, just text me. (laughs) And then I took the case off and it was fine. What case was messing with yours? That scented case. Really? Yeah. Wow. (laughs) Yep. So yeah, careful careful what cases you buy. (laughs) Make sure that they really don't cover up any of the speaker things. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and do you guys have any apps and gear that you've been enjoying recently? Well, I talked about cooking, and I've been trying out the Meal Lime Pro. Meal Lime is a free recipe app that you can get, and I think it's pretty amazing because you can set preferences. So, like, I, I eat meat, but I don't like to eat a lot of it, so mm-hmm. I can just do, like, a little bit of meat, or you can say vegetarian, pescatarian, full-on, whatever, Um, and then it creates like a meal plan for you and you can swap out recipes. And if you have the pro plan, you can select favorites and build plans from your favorites. So I tried out a couple last week and then this weekend I like made a full meal plan and went and bought all the groceries. And so I've been cooking a lot and it's been very tasty. (laughs) (laughs) You've liked all your recipes so far? Yeah. I mean, I've had to like freestyle a little bit and improv a little bit because sometimes maybe it'll be like too wet and I'll have to add more of this or like I made fritters the other night and their fritter recipe wasn't it wasn't holding together so I just mm. improv and like added some egg and then Sounds fried it like they need to do some more sort of like quality assurance there like some more Mm -hmm. recipe testing yeah they probably could they could probably stand to do that that's like my I used to uh review cookbooks and that's like one of my pet peeves yeah it's like you have to test your recipes and make sure they're going to work in all kinds of circumstances and that they're really clear my my biggest pet peeve with the app has been when you create a plan and you can swap it but you can't just choose from their full list what you want to swap it with like it'll give you four options Mm -hmm. i'd like to be able to choose 
Yeah. But everything is tasted really good. Yeah, Do and it find... does sound like it has a lot of features, even, yeah. like, even for free. Without and it's been prep. healthy food, too. Like, yeah. And it's supposed to be like 30 minutes or less, which has been more like 40 minutes, 45. But, but still, still, that's nice. Yeah, it's 30 it's minutes if it you're is. like a wizard with a chef's knife kind of thing. <laughs> right? Truth. Or if you're Sarah, probably. Mm. Um, I haven't achieved wizard status yet. I'll keep working. In my mind. <laughs> <laughs> For me, this week, I've been, I just got a new rifle case. It's the company's oh, R-I-F-L-E. And I discovered them online last week, and they have just a lot of really cool prints. Um, and they're, they're pretty. Yeah, they're really pretty. Like, in terms of features, it's, you know, I like that they uh, don't cover up your buttons. You know, some, like, have mm-hmm. a, a button cover that you then uh, have to press that harder in order to press the button you want. Right. Um, mine, it had, it did have, it covered up the volume buttons, but it just, it's nicely designed so that it doesn't, it's not harder to right. do anything on your phone. And uh, the prints are excellent. I would suggest checking them out. Yeah, I like it too. Cool. Um, and what about you, Sarah? Any apps and gear? Well, I actually promised in the last podcast that I participated in that I was mm. going to, um, that I, I talked about how excited I was about trying, um, these plates that go f- you can replace your outlet covers with oh, yeah. um, that have a USB port, but um, I had a family um, health emergency come up, so I wasn't able to test them, but I've got them, and I'm really excited to try them, so that's why I'm talking about them again. So um, Because and- they're really simple to install, which means somebody like me, you know, like I have like definitely sort of beginner level skills as far as like home maintenance Mm. so they're definitely uh all you need is like a screwdriver and to know how to turn the power to the outlets off which i have both of those abilities (laughs) i'm just trying to think i'm like what i know how to do that (laughs) i'll tell you later okay Um, (laughs) so yeah so i will let you guys know how that is how that goes i'm excited yeah, Very cool. The main obstacle for me is actually I have to go down into the basement to turn the power off. <laughs> so, um, Truth. I live in an old house. Uh, I don't go in that basement willingly, usually. So, basements and attics. Yeah, yeah. I avoid right. it if I can. So, um, stay tuned for the next podcast, <laughs> and I will finally tell you how I feel about these. All right, cool. Yeah, smart home with Sarah next time. So now let's get into our main theme, which is productivity, which is something that we. We all want more of in our lives, uh, more effortlessly. So we just wrapped up our productivity issue in the magazine. So it's something we've been working on for a while. Um, mm-hmm. So you can look out for that in a few weeks. It will hit newsstand. Um, and so we're just going to discuss how our own challenges and how we've overcome come them with productivity and uh, recommend some apps and gear to you. So to get started, let's let's talk about the challenges of productivity. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, basically, it's our smartphones have really changed the game. Yeah, we have these devices that have all these capabilities, but they also are a huge source of distraction because it's where we get all of our personal information. Yeah. It's where we have tons of entertainment possibilities, but also gives us you know we're able to carry these devices with us anywhere and do things that we used to only be able to do in the office. Right. So um, that's kind of an overview, but uh, basically we've written down what we see as our own biggest challenge and how we've overcome it. Right. Uh, Connor, let's start with you. Well, my, my biggest challenge is just getting in a rut, and uh, I wrote down that I would rather be watching Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> so figuring out how to overcome that. Especially <laughs> when you have a device that has Netflix in it, on it, like yeah. in your pocket. Right? <laughs> 
then, um, so how I overcome that is I'm a huge fan of to-do lists. Um, I just, the first part is just making the list because I've realized that if I don't make a list, then what it feels like in my head is much bigger and more time consuming mm-hmm. than what it actually is. Mm-hmm. So I just write down step by step all the things I need to get done. And then I look at that list and I go, is there anything I can put off? Mm-hmm. And if I can put it off, I do. Because I don't need to run myself ragged with productivity. But I do want to get done the things I need to get done. So I try to keep it to like four to six things that absolutely have to get done that day. And then the rest of the things I might put off for another day. So that helps me. I like that. Do you use the uh, Reminders app at all for, for some of your to-dos? Or do you use, um, or you prefer the old-fashioned notepad? I, I it Or another app. <laughs> typically, I'm on my computer. So I'm just like in a document and I'll just type mm-hmm. it out. But I do like the Reminders app. But I use it more for events. Like if my friend's like, I have this thing. Then I'm like, remind me about this thing so I don't flake out. <laughs> basically. Nice. Do you find the reminders app more effective for that than the calendar app? Um, I originally I was using reminders a lot for that, and now that I finally have found a calendar app I love, I'm using that. Okay. Which she'll tell us about later, I think, when we talk about our yeah, app and gear recommendations. Sad, so. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I really like um lately I've been using notes a lot mm. because I mean this was a small iOS 9 upgrade. I right. mean they did a lot of things to notes, but one of them was little, you know, bubbles that yeah. check boxes. Yeah. And there's something so right. satisfying. Like I used to I used to just do use a notepad because mm-hmm. then I could like cross it off, which I know. is it's a big thing for me. Yep, uh, me <laughs> it's too. It's a big moment. And so now I I can use my iCloud notes and then I it's easy to have it on my iPad, on mm-hmm. my iPhone. And on my computer, I just open iCloud.com and yeah. have my notes there. I like the I've been strike that. through on my Word document. Oh. I strike through everything that gets done. Yeah, strike through. It's yeah. my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can tell we're all addicted to productivity. <laughs> So, so, yeah, well, it's interesting, like, because you talk about addicted to productivity. Um, I am like a championship procrastinator. Um, <laughs> But my, are we all? But uh, my method of procrastination is like what I call false productivity, where I do things that aren't important. You know, like <laughs> I mean, <laughs> well, for instance, like the phone is like you can trick yourself into thinking that you're being productive by, like, say, trying to achieve inbox zero. But like, is that really as important as the big project I'm not doing? You know, like I know. So, <laughs> or you know, you can get carried away, like really making your lists and like. Getting all the check boxes just right, and you know, like, hey, what are you headers? <laughs> hey, I'm talking about myself. If you hear yourself in that, then maybe you need to look closely. <laughs> so, um, you know, I have a, a few ways of doing that. Like, one, I'm really like Connor. I do use the Notes app often to set these lists. Um, I mean, there's so many other apps that are probably better at it, but it's just there. Mm-hmm. And sometimes just doing like making it just easy is like the best first step in being productive is yeah that's true so um what I do is I'm really selective about what I I try and be really realistic about what I can actually accomplish Mm -hmm. and then I I I make myself start with the thing I don't want to do as the first thing um but you know what I really find is that um just sort of setting up a routine that like 
and kind of just looking at like what are the obstacles that come up and like mm-hmm. my phone is definitely a big obstacle and I try and like maybe keep it out of my reach or like sort of mm-hmm. out of sight so I don't because I tend to just like by habit pick it up and the next thing I know I'm on Facebook right I know so um I try and eliminate those like identify and eliminate those obstacles that distract me or keep me from like getting started because it's always getting started like I said procrastination is mm-hmm. my specialty um and I also find like at some point during the day usually like mid-afternoon I start to get like a little unproductive like I'm just sort of yeah. like foggy and tired and just want to go home but I have like another hour or two yeah and like I have, 2 30 or 3 right mm-hmm. so I have a reminder set on my phone to go for a walk and I And you know this because usually Donna (laughs) and often Connor are with me. And we actually do sort of end up working because we frequently talk about work, but it's like we're in a different setting and we're moving and we're getting our blood pumping again Mm -hmm. and it's a little fresh air and sunshine. And that really makes a huge difference in just like being able to sit back down at my computer and like power through the rest of the work I have to get done. Yeah, that's that's an awesome one for me too. Um, All right, so my biggest productivity tip I would think would be coffee. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Forgot about that. Yeah, no, I I am definitely a coffee drinker. But um, I think a big challenge for me is when I'm assigned a bigger project and I just – it feels like this big, ambiguous Mm -hmm. thing that's just like looming in my head, but it's right. not like, I'm not sure how to get there. I'm not sure when I need to get it done. Right. And like, that's just the worst feeling. So um, actually when starting this job, I really learned how to overcome that. And that was just with a longer term project, breaking it up into pieces and setting deadlines. Yeah. Um, and when I'm, I'm talking about the magazine here, cause right. you know, like- we have like months, but if you fall behind, you're going to like suddenly at the end, it's going to be horrible. Right. <laughs> you know, like you right. have to. So um, I think at, at the company here, we've done a really good job at, at setting uh, weekly goals right. and and then like knowing that you'll be accountable for them the following Monday. And um, we've done that using Asana has been one um, app that I've used, which I'll talk a little bit about later um, to set deadlines. And, and yeah, just for myself, I... I mean, deadlines sound so not fun, and they're not. But, you know, as a writer, I've been used to them for a long time, and I do think it's it's a really effective way. And you can always you can always push deadlines if it's one that can be pushed. Right. Sometimes you can't. But um, just having some idea, like, I would like to get this done in this amount of time, and then mm-hmm. I'll, I'll carry that over to my personal life too. Like, I want to get my garden set up this month, <laughs> you know? Like, not next, next month. Right. Um, so those are two big ones. And the other thing I just think – with productivity is um, is actually for me learning to like chill out a little bit. Um, Definitely, I think that like it's easy to get a little too hard on yourself and freaked out about all the things you need to get done and like yeah. realize that it's another day and like enjoying your life is important right. and um, and also like making Balance. allies at work. It's like you, you know, you're going to enjoy your day a lot more if you like the people you work with. And like Sarah said, having these built-in like walks and times that you can talk to people and Mm -hmm. mull things over and have feeling like connection with other people. I think all of those things are important. And I mean, that could be tough if you're working from home, but there are probably ways you can you can incorporate some human well, interaction yeah, into your day as well. You can find like a shared workspace. I don't really like working in coffee shops. I find it really distracting. But, yeah. you know, there are co-work spaces. You can often find a friend who works from home. I know when I've traveled, I, you know, I've gone to visit 
when I was staying with a friend who also worked from home, you know, just knowing that there's someone else in the building also working for some reason is very, um, yeah. yeah, just it like gets you working too. Like, I guess we're just all like, I've succumbed to peer pressure. I don't know. I've <laughs> yeah. just invited, we're social creatures. I am. Yeah. I've just invited friends over to come and sit and work. Like, I have a friend who will be like, I have things I need to get done on my computer. But like, me too, come over, let's do it. <laughs> but it, it works. Does that work with any friend or do you have like certain friends that works with? It depends on what I'm doing. If it's like office work related, it doesn't matter who. But if it's personal writing, then it does matter because I have to have like my bubble. Yeah, I think for me it has to be uh, a person that I know that will actually that we're both like serious enough about wanting to get stuff That's done true. that it won't like turn into like That's a good point. <laughs> hanging out instead. Hanging out, yeah. But um but yeah, those are all big ones. But I guess just overall, would you say that you think your your iOS devices are like help you with productivity or they hinder you? <laughs> Sarah? I mean both. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, it's kind of an unfair question in a way. I really like the fact that I don't have to run into the office generally for things that are just like a quick 15 minutes here or there. I can just yeah. like log in on my phone and take care of it mm-hmm. um, or my computer if it's something a little more complicated. But yeah, it's definitely a constant challenge to not just pick up your phone and check social mm-hmm. media or I, I think I've managed just by not having games, like being very selective about the games I have on my phone to not <laughs> be in that trap. Mm-hmm. But um yeah, and and then it's so easy to feel like you're being productive if you're doing things like, like I said, checking your email, you know, that it can lull you into thinking you're getting stuff done, but you're really just avoiding the more important things. Yeah. I Connor's thinking. I really do feel like, if I'm being honest, that it's a little bit more of a distraction than it is helpful to me, mostly mm-hmm. because I do... 85 if not 95 percent of my work on my laptop Mm -hmm. so my phone itself becomes like a hub to check those things if I need to but I still end up getting on my computer to actually do the work I need to do Mm -hmm. so the time I spend on my phone when I'm not at work which is like doing tips so then it's really helpful but on my own the time I spend on my phone is mostly like social media and playing games and wasting time Right. But I have fun. But it's definitely, I would say it's more of a distraction for me. But that's interesting. So it sounds like for you, your iPhone is like, you associate that with your fun you time. Yeah. And your computer is work time. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, I only recently actually synced my work emails to my iPhone because I've been wanting to make a point of like when I'm not at work to not be at work. Right. Yeah. I mean, I. that's maybe a topic we could cover too. Like how do you... Like sometimes, because I, I was thinking about what Connor said, I, it, I'm more productive at home when I'm not at work, whereas when I, I'm yeah. at work, my iPhone is a distraction and I try to keep it you yeah. know, out of sight. But then that can start taking over your personal life. And I also don't have my work email on my phone. I mean, I can log into it in, in like a web browser, but I, mm-hmm. and I use Slack for like office communications so that I can be available. But I, like, yeah, how do you keep, work from because you're always connected how do you keep it from taking over your life like where's the balance in like your not so productive personal time yeah I mean I think that's it's probably different for everybody but for me so far having my work email synced has been fine because I've just checked it here and there and it is nice um 
it is nice just being able to have like easier access to that than than logging in with a web browser. But um, for me, my biggest challenge with my iPhone and iPad is like is involuntary yeah. behavior, yeah. and that has I've like started to notice that I'll do certain things without thinking about it. I'll find myself like I'm scrolling through Facebook right. and I got on my phone for a specific purpose. Like yeah, I also do most of my work on my computer, but as I'm working, I'll realize I need to call somebody or, oh, I need yeah. to text this person back and I'll pick up my phone and I'll have a notifications from Instagram or something. Mm-hmm. And like suddenly I'm doing something completely different right. and it's just not a great feeling to not feel like in control. You know, so I think that like I do have an issue there but it is um one thing that majorly sets it off is being able to work remotely and I think that that is something that is from talking to different professionals when putting together the productivity issue seems to be a huge thing for people in general now like you do have the ability to work from anywhere and that's not just because of our smartphones it's like how fast the internet is now and how easy it is to communicate but um that's just something that wasn't a possibility for people. Like you'd be right. tethered to your desk and now you're not anymore. So that's yeah. seems worth it. <laughs> I think I think there are like two almost opposite ways that I like keep myself, keep it separate. Like when I'm at work or just in general, like I don't, I don't let Instagram or Facebook send me notifications. I just, I oh, have, really? yeah, I have Maybe to that's what I need to do. That's and a good then, tip. Um, oh, I forgot. My brain went blank, Sarah. Back to you. <laughs> well, I mean, do we want to talk about what apps we use to be productive with That's our iOS yeah. devices? Yeah, let's get into it. And if Connor thinks of what she's going to say, <laughs> her second pro tip. Flew away like a bluebird <laughs> from the windowsill. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah, well, let's talk about our productivity apps and gear. Um, Sarah, do you have any recommendations? Well, Slack you mentioned. Yeah, I mean, this is something that you your company has to sort of sign up for but it's such a great way to um, keep in touch. I like it a lot more as far as messaging goes than Skype. I mean, we talk about it all the time yeah. here. Um, yeah. But it's a really easy way because, like Connor said, I can, like if I synced my email like, and it was all in my mail app, I wouldn't be able to necessarily, like, I'd have to check individual accounts instead of going to the all, mm-hmm. you know, all mailboxes inbox which is what I prefer to do Mm -hmm. but slack is a way to kind of like make sure I'm in touch with people but it's kind of like kept to itself it's just all contained within one app and I can control the notifications so that it's not like you know distracting me when I want to be focused on personal stuff um so but then at the same time like sometimes over the weekend something comes up on the website and I need to know about it Mm -hmm. and so that's a way like I can always be in touch but it's not like interrupting my personal time um one app that i just downloaded on my phone that i'm excited to start trying at work is um the forest app i saw that right so it basically um i decided to try this one because it reminds me a lot of the sort of games that i like to play which basically you know you're just mining for like points or whatever and there's not a lot of like action that takes a lot of your time you just like sort of check in and do a couple things and then you're done this one, basically, you plant a tree and set a time where 
you have to like leave that app open on your phone and if you close it then your tree dies <laughs> so so like yeah that psychologically to me would be really traumatic yeah. so so you that invested that, in that, that keeps you from you know getting out of that app and doing something else on your phone and so then right. it like helps you just like stay focused on what you need to do so i'm excited to try that out and i'll let you guys know how i like that um and then I just use the Reminders and Notes apps. I've tried other ones, and probably they have features that are maybe better. But I, like I said, I just like things to be simple and easy. Sometimes just like some sort of like obstacle or extra step you have to take keeps you from being productive. And so yeah. I try to always like identify those and just eliminate them. And for me, just using the apps that are already there instead of like trying to like figure out all the fancy features of like probably better apps. Mm-hmm. Um, is really helpful and and so you know like I have tasks I have to do weekly and and I just set up reminders or you know I set up to-do lists and it, it just really helps um, and then you know sometimes if I'm on the go and I need to share or access a document I really like Dropbox and I really like um, Google Drive and like using the Google Docs yeah. and because Mm-hmm. Then I can access them from any device, so I can start something and open it somewhere else. And you know, I have never really. And here I am saying how I love notes and reminders because they're just <laughs> there. But I've never really gotten into like pages or numbers, like the Apple. Same. Yeah. The Apple neither. ones. Well, and because they're sort of like contained within. I mean, I could log into iCloud.com, but you know, since I don't have a Mac, but they're sort of just contained within the Apple ecosystem. And I would really, I just want something that I can access from any kind of device in any, you know, any kind. Yeah. I don't have to be like Mm -hmm. siloed in in Apple world. Cool. Well, yes, there's going to be some overlap here because a lot of these apps we're using together at work. And it really was uh, more recently that we started using Google's apps. We started Mm -hmm. using, you know, Google Sheets and Google Docs, and that has been a really nice thing just for collaborating on projects because you have collaborative editing. You don't have to save your document. Everything you've done is right there. So for instance, with this podcast, we put all of our notes into what we're going to talk about, and we can be doing it at the same time, and I'll have access to it. And that's been really nice because before we were using – we still use Dropbox, but before we would be sending documents back and forth and you, only one person can be working on it at a time. Right. And that would sometimes that a be a bit of, of a disaster. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's been awesome. Um, Asana, I started using a couple of years ago to, like we have a pool of writers that we work with yeah. and it's an easy way to assign, um, assign projects to them. Um, but for inter-office communication, uh, Slack has been so much better. Well, it's the GIFs, right? Yeah, it's the GIFs, really is the GIFs. If you do a forward slash and then say Giphy and then type in a word, uh, Slack will come up with a related GIF and send it to you. I mean, hopefully related. Some of the algorithms maybe need some tweaking. but Yeah, yeah, but it's so much fun. It's like Mad Libs for adults, basically. Yeah. So can't give that up for our productivity. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, those have been big ones. Big ones for me. And then, like, I used to just be a reminders user, and I it, it kind of took a while for me to realize that you could use reminders and calendars and just... I really think there should be more sort of integration between the two. I agree. Yeah. Reminders is very much, like, disconnected from all your other apps on your phone, which is a problem. Mm-hmm. It's but in I my guess... calendars, though. It's in my calendar. I just used to worry about, I used to think I had to use like one thing to keep track of everything. You're right. But really, you don't have to. It's fine to use Asana, Slack, 
reminders, calendar, like all these different things. Then you just like get different notifications for different things and you use whatever works best for certain sorts of tasks. And for me, that's worked really well. Yeah. I don't know. There might be some app out there that lets you handle it all that I just don't know about. (laughs) If so, email us. Yeah. (laughs) Podcast at at iPhoneLife.com. Um, Google Drive that Sarah mentioned is also a favorite of mine. Uh, I think one of the things I like about it most, other than what Donna mentioned, is just if I'm home on the weekend or in the evening and I'm like drifting off to sleep at night, I'll often get an idea for a tip or an article just like out of the blue. (laughs) And so I'll just open one up, start a document with that title and then be able to close it. And when I come into work the next day, I see that title document. I'm like, oh, right. I had an idea. So that's cool. I've been looking for a calendar app that I like for a long time. And I finally found one called Sunrise. But Mm, they heard about this. Yeah, they just recently stopped updating it, though. What? Why? I don't know. I think someone either bought them out or they're partnering with someone else. So they're, like, changing the name and going to a different app. And I know nothing about the changes. All I know is I'm keeping the app and I'm never updating it again. (laughs) Alrighty then, Connor. Let us know how that works out when you're at iOS 12. (laughs) I certainly will. (laughs) And um, if you, you know, Slack isn't your thing... There's also Glip, and I have to use Glip for a different magazine that I'm writing for right now. And I had never heard of it until this, but what I really like about it is we're constantly sharing links back and forth. And with Glip, your links are all on the right. So you can, it doesn't matter how much message there is, you can easily see the links that they've sent you in one place, which has been really helpful. Yeah, mm-hmm. Slack lets you do that with uh, documents, but I guess not with links. Interesting. So, yeah. And if you um, know differently, please email us at podcast <laughs> at iphonelife.com because I would really like that feature. <laughs> and as for gear, um, I, like I mentioned, I'm, I'm a, just a new iPad user, and I'd kind of fallen into the camp before of thinking that the iPad didn't have a whole lot of clear uh usefulness for me because I'm like Mm -hmm. I have my laptop I have my iPhone why would I need this this extra kind of like in between yeah but I've been really enjoying using that for work um especially now that I have a keyboard case because you know when you're writing it's being using the on-screen keyboard on the iPad is just not as fast not practical um and not having it at right like a nice viewing angle makes the iPad kind of useless too yeah so I feel like you do need a good case and one that I really like is the clam case, I want to make sure I get the name exactly right. Um, the, it's just the clam case for the iPad Air 2. It's $150, so it's an investment. Yeah. Who makes it? Uh, clam case. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, sorry, I'm, I'm just looking to try to double check the name of it, but we'll include it in the link. Yeah. Um, and it has a backlit keys. It's a little bit smaller, so you have to get used to typing with your fingers like a little more squished together. <laughs> but it also, it just like rests really nicely in your lap. So when I was doing a last proof of the issue, on, on like on the couch with a bunch of pages, I could be like, you know, fact checking on my iPad and it was really easy and nice. kind of just fit into an environment. And also during meetings, I can be taking notes using that. Mm-hmm. Like I don't want to bring my big laptop into a meeting mm-hmm. and with my iPhone, it's not as practical. And there's, it's, there's more distracting notifications where I've set up my iPad just for 
work notifications nice. for the most part. Yeah. <laughs> so that I enjoy. Any other gear that you have, Donna? No, that's it. Um, I, I also have a keyboard for iPad that I've been trying out. It's the Bridge keyboard, and I have really enjoyed it. Um, the clam case one, it kind of fits around it, and the Bridge one's different in that you have the bottom part that attaches to the top part, and it, it has a hinge. So it looks like a little mini baby laptop, um, which I think is really adorable. <laughs> and it also, you know, not only does it have the Bluetooth connected keyboard part, but it has a, a speaker too that's pretty darn loud. So in Bluetooth, you can connect to the bridge keyboard and bridge sound and have an extra external speaker that's a part of the keyboard. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. that's really cool. I'd never heard of that. And I thought that was nifty. Um, <laughs> if you're, you know, we're, if we're talking about doing work on the road and pr productivity on the go, you're definitely going to want a battery pack. And I think Rav Power's battery pack that's like 26,800 milliamp, I think is what it's called, M-A-H, um, will pretty much guarantee that your battery's not going to die while you're on the road. Yeah, that's really nice. important if you're planning to work remotely. Yeah. You're going to be able to actually access everything on your device. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's my... I have a really short list of gear. I basically, I don't really have any specific uh, brand recommendations, but I really like just having a, a pair of decent wireless headphones that don't have to be the fanciest or most expensive. They right. just have to be decent. And then it's really great for, you know, doing conference calls. And I find just listening to music really kind of Mm -hmm. is I really like to do that when I have like any kind of like longer project like writing an article it just helps me be really productive and power through things um but I hate being attached to my phone or a computer because I always forget and stand up <laughs> yeah so like too. the wireless part is really important <laughs> yeah um just one I haven't tried but one of our writers recommended that I wanted to mention was the stir kinetic desk which is a standing desk I'm sure you guys have all been hearing about standing desks now, and you might even have one that just, it, it's able to lift and lower so that you can alternate between standing and working and sitting down and working and, oh. you know, sitting is the new smoking, they say. So like, <laughs> I'm screwed on both ends. <laughs> I mean, having the Apple Watch is nice because it does remind you to get up and move yeah. around every hour. Yeah, but it reminds me like when I just sat down. Yeah, it's not great about that. So... <laughs> So if you can spring, if you can spring for it, this desk desk costs five thousand dollars. Um, it has a touchscreen built in Whoa. Uh, that lets you control your desk, and I guess it like breathes. Looks very excited. It breathes <laughs> apparently, meaning it kind of like pulses up and down oh to remind you what? to stand up or that it's time to stand. And it has like four different USB cables, so you can plug in all your iOS devices to it. Wow. So. If you're like if you're creating an amazing home office or office in general, um, I mean I would want one. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it sounds pretty cool. Touchscreen built into a desk. Sign me up. Yeah, and other case, I mean, just companies I like: Incipio, Mophie, Zag, STM has really nice just in STM. general yeah. cases, backpacks. Um, yeah, if you're on the go, you really need a good bag to protect your stuff and carry all your stuff. Yeah, so you should check out all of their stuff. And that's a wrap on all of my productivity tips. What about you guys? Yeah, that's it. That's it for me too. Go watch some Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a bad last tip? <laughs>
<laughs> Netflix is amazing. <laughs> Well, thank you all for joining us this week. We'll be back again in two weeks uh, with more best apps, great gear, and iOS news. And uh, see you next time. Thanks, everyone. Bye.